This is Alive with Joseph. Okay, this morning we've been looking at expectation and as a build up to what the Lord is preparing to do for us, to do for married couples, I decided to teach as the Holy Ghost directed me on expect a great marriage. Expect a great marriage. Then on Wednesday, I'll be teaching on expect to produce. You do not want to miss Wednesday. Last week, Wednesday was something else. And this week, I can only imagine what the Lord will do for us. Now, I believe that our marriages as believers should represent the kingdom of God here on the planet Earth. And as I speak about marriage, I'm speaking to everyone, married, unmarried, single, divorced. Everyone is going to be covered in this session. So open up your hearts as you receive what the Lord has to say to us. And I believe that God has called us as Christian couples to enforce his will for our marriages. That is, in these desperate times, Satan is doing everything he can to disintegrate marriage. And by doing that, he wrecks families and he aborts destinies. Understand also that until husbands and wives align themselves with God, nothing can ever change when it comes to the family life. Understand that husbands and wives must arise so that they can be able to rebuke the enemy and take charge and bring to pass the will of God consigning their marriage. You must come to the place where we enforce God's will for our marriages. Husband and wives can keep looking and they allow the devil tear them apart or they will arise and take charge. It's all in their hands. It is time for you and I to take back the territory of our marriages. And for those who are not married yet, it's time for you to take back the territory of your marriage that as you enter into it, you walk in dominion. Understand also that as we take back the territories of our marriage, we are able to gain grounds in our marriages and we cannot gain this ground without having an intentional approach towards it. Statistics have shown that marriages that truly work are marriages that has, that has how will I put it, marriages that have built friendship. That is, when a couple are best friends, you can expect that marriage to work or you can expect that marriage to survive despite the challenges it will encounter. Friendship is the bedrock of every great marriage. Couples who are not friends seldom go far in marriage. And in expecting a great marriage, as we release our faith, expect great marriages, because my vision, my, 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 my prayer is that great marriages will arise from this house that will become a symbol of God's goodness towards his people. So in expecting a great marriage, one of the key things that must be cultivated by couples is friendship. Even if it didn't happen at the initial stage of the marriage that you are in right now, I believe that couples can intentionally cultivate friendship in their marriage no matter the stage in which their marriage is in. They can intentionally cultivate friendship no matter the stage in which their marriage is in. Now, what is friendship? Friendship is said, according to dictionary, it is the emotions or the conduct of friends. It is a state of being friends. All ties of love and friendship. 
this is an ideal, that this friendship is an ideal group for finding support and friendship. That is, a true friendship is someone who has your back no matter what. They watch out for you and ensure that you are not in danger. A true friendship will always have your best interest at heart. They will do all in their power to keep you safe. They may even put themselves in danger for your own safety. Now, pay attention to this very carefully. Listen to this. A true friend consistently have your back. Number two, they answer you with empathy, perspective, and honesty. They answer you with empathy. They answer you with perspective and honesty. Number three, they accept you for your, they accept you for who you are despite your differences. Sorry, I didn't give you guys this. I updated my notes. So, sorry. Number four, they want what's really best for you. Number five, true friendship doesn't abandon you. Now, everyone in life wants to be around people who believe in them. I don't know who doesn't want to be around people who believe in them. Do you want to be around people who believe in you? Yes, I want to be around people who believe in me. I don't want to hang around people who do not believe in me. I don't want to hang around people who only tolerate me and do not celebrate me. Are you understanding me? So everyone in life wants to be around people who believe in them. Everyone wants to be around people who focuses also on them. And when you have two people who believe in each other in marriage, they become best friends. So developing, developing friendship with your spouse is very crucial. And there are steps that you will need to take to be able to develop friendship. There are steps that you will need to take to be able to develop friendship. And I'm going to give you five of them and I'll pray for you. We're going to get into a prayer session and I'll release you this morning. Number one step to take is be faithful. Can I hear you say be faithful? Can I say be faithful? Please listen very carefully as I teach on this direction. Now the book of Proverbs chapter 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Another scripture, Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, friendship between spouses is mostly developed or lost during hard times. During hard times, either when the the, 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 the marriage is going through a challenge or when there is one issue or another that has confronted them. Understand also that good times are great. When things are good and going well, it is amazing. But when hard times hit, you will either gain each other's friendship more or you will lose it during that hard times. Most marriages have been lost in this season because of hard times. When the COVID-19 presented hard times, couples could not manage it and most couples have to, they found themselves, you know, you know, separating and moving their separate ways. Now, listen. During hard times, your spouse can either become your enemy or your best friend, depending on how the hard time is managed. Most marriages disintegrate during hard times. Understand also that you are not a fair weather friend to your spouse. Why? Because fair weather friends are with you when you are happy and successful. 
then when things go wrong for you they move on to the next happy and successful person you're not a fair weather friend you are not a fair weather friend a real friend on the other hand they stay with you through traumas disappointments mental health crisis physical illnesses they stay with you at all times they do not abandon you just because it is easier or more comfortable to avoid you during hard times why a friend truly cares about you that actually they actually want you they, they actually want to be there for you during your difficult times they care more about what you are going through more than they care about how fun you are to them and i've come to understand that most men you know they come home at night after working and after doing business expecting their wives and their children you know to kind of you know take care of them and say well you've done so well you know that mighty man of valor <laughs> but you discover that actually that is not what happens the opposite happens why because as a husband you have communicated to your wife and your children that your job your business your friends or your immediate family they are more important than them listen the business can be growing and your career can be growing but your family is dying business can be growing your career can be excelling but your family is dying now god has given you that business and that career don't just turn your heart away from your family when you come back home be at home because most times most men come back home they are not at home they come back home they are not at home when you come back home be at home most of us you know all the things you know we are all things to everyone excluding our spouses we are everything to everyone excluding our spouses so understand it is unfaithfulness to your friend that is unfaithfulness that is an angle of unfaithfulness we do not know unfaithfulness that is unfaithfulness to your friend unfaithfulness that you are not their friend unfaithfulness that you abandon them in hard times unfaithfulness that you communicate that every other thing is more important than them now you must come to the place where you know you you come to the place where we begin to repent genuinely before our spouses if we have been treating them you know less than who they ought to be in our lives you cannot just be your spouse friend when you want to be or when it is convenient for you or when you need something from them that is when you become their friend that is when you call them all kinds of names now that is that is criminality that is crookedness you know because you remember those names when you want something from them you remember those names that you're pimping your 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 spouse be it your husband be it your wife maybe you need something from your husband that's when you remember to call them good names you know when you get what you want the good names jump out of the window or maybe when you want something from your wife that's when you call them good names now that is that, that is irresponsibility that is unfaithfulness on its own because you choose to be their friend when you like and you choose not to be their friend when it's not convenient for you give jesus praise this morning i said give jesus praise this morning 
In the hardest time, the Bible says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. According to the book of Proverbs, it is during the hard times of life that your friendship is developed the most. It is through the hard during the hard times of life is when your trust and friendship with one another is developed the most. And that is also the times you must pay the most attention because family disintegrates during hard times, during times of crisis, families disintegrate. And that is when you must pay the most attention. And that is when you must pray more. That is when you must trust God more to intervene in that situation. Listen, friends, you must come to the place where you tell yourself that, you know, I will be the best I ought to be in that relationship. I will be the best I ought to be. That is to say, when I stand before God, I can be able to beat my chest and testify that God, I was the best that you expected me to be in this relationship. I was the best husband that you expected me to be in this marriage. So we must come to that place. And if you've made a mistake, you must humbly go back and make it right with your spouse. You must humbly go back and make it right with your spouse now understand this that as friends with our spouses when we apologize we must apologize for our mistakes and not for our feelings so if you have missed it you must humbly go back to your spouse and make it right number two believe in each other James chapter 2 verse 23 and the scriptures was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. He was called the friend of God. I've come to discover that you will never be friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. You can never be friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. Do you know that one of the primary reasons for marriage is to bring both of you to your full potential? That is one of the primary reasons for marriage. Marriage is to bring both of you to your full potential. That is, what you do for each other is you release the potential in your spouse. For example, the number one need that a woman has is security. And a woman becomes in an atmosphere of security. A woman becomes or a woman's full potential finds expression in an atmosphere of security. A good husband is like a good greenhouse. How many of you know a greenhouse? How many of you know a greenhouse? You know, if you travel or as if you're going to Zanin, you'll see a whole lot of greenhouses there. You know, a greenhouse, a good husband is like a good greenhouse. He provides a nurturing environment for his wife. Many husbands don't consider their wife's purpose in life, particularly in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the African continent that we have found ourselves in. Be it their purpose as a professional or as a business person. We live in a very chauvinistic and patriarchal culture where men don't believe that women are as important as men. 
And as a result, most husbands don't believe even that their wife has a purpose. They don't believe that their wife has a call on her life. They believe that her call is to just be their wife and that's all. Listen, friends. God has called every one of us with a purpose. God, remember, when God called us according to Genesis 1, every one of us was called with a purpose. When he gave dominion, he gave dominion to mankind. He gave dominion to mankind. He didn't give dominion to male. He gave dominion to man. Remember, in the Bible, when the Bible talks about man, he is speaking about male and female together. He's not speaking about the male species. So God gave dominion to male and female. And you must understand as a husband that your wife, she cannot, how will I put it, her purpose cannot find expression without an atmosphere of security. The only way her purpose can find expression is in an atmosphere of security. When that atmosphere is not created, she cannot, you know, fulfill purpose. Either as a professional or as a business person. Most men love their wives physically. And they love quite a couple of things about their wives. You know, when you ask a man now, what do you love most about your wife? Your average man will say, I like the way she cooks for me. You know, I like the way she irons my clothes. Or I like the way she washes. I like the way she takes care of my children. And the way she's submissive and obedient. Now, most wives, they've not become because of the environment of insecurity husbands have created for their wives. Husbands, we must understand that one day you will stand before Jesus and give account for the things you've done to your wife. That is what, that is what, how will I put it for me personally, that is what makes me, you know, pay attention to the way I treat my wife. Even if, if, if I miss it, I make sure that, you know, I find a way to get it right. Why? Because you will stand one day before God. Listen, if nobody has ever told you that, you will stand one day before God. Don't forget, that person you're treating the way you're treating them, they are the image of God. They are the express image of God. Give Jesus praise this morning. I like it, every one of you are listening. I love that. <laughs> Glory to God. And listen, every, every husband partners with God to bring their wife to her full potential and grace. Listen, as husbands, every husband in this house, every young man that will get married one day, every single person, as a young man, as a man, we all are partners with God to bring out the full potential of our wives. We are partners with God. We are God's partner to bring out the full potential of our wives. And for that to happen, you must first of all believe that your wife has a potential. That is where it has to start from. Because if you do not believe that your wife has a potential or your wife has a calling, calling, not in terms of fivefold ministry, please, when I use calling, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, five, I'm talking about calling to execute purpose here on the planet Earth. You must understand that your wife has a calling. She has a calling, be it as a professional, be it as a business person, she has a calling. That is where you, it, it has to begin from. You have to believe that God created your wife to do something special. 
If you do not believe that, you cannot create an atmosphere of security for her to express the full potential of God that is in her life. And whatever that something special is, you must believe God created your wife to do something special. And as a husband, my job is to, is to be God's partner, to find out why he created Cordelia. That's my job, to find out why he created Cordelia and to be able to enable her arrive at her full potential, to be able to assist her. Listen, ask her here. I actually push her more than she pushes herself to achieve anything. I, I stretch her, you know, I will set everything aside for myself to make sure that I stretch her to become all. Some years ago, she was working for First National Bank and they were going to give, you know, um, scholarship to their staffs to study further. And I told her, take it. You know, it was going to require her to travel. I said, take it. But though she didn't take it anyway. And I was not happy with her. I said, take it. You know, go. Use their money to go to school. Go to school. I know you already have honors degree. Don't stop there. Go to school. Why? Because I see potential in her. Go to school. Go grow as much as you can. Because when you grow as much as you can, I feel fulfilled. Because I know I've finished my assignment. Even if me do not arrive at my own full potential. But when I stand before God, I can be able to say, God, the, 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 the assignment you gave to me, I finished it well to the best of my ability. Give Jesus praise this morning. So even if it means... Me not coming to my own full potential. Most importantly, she must get hers. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to you as a husband. Ephesians 5, 25 to 29. I read, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. That is to say, listen very carefully. I know you know this scripture but listen very carefully. That is to say the same way Christ is making sure that his bride, the church, comes to her full potential. As a husband, you ought to make sure that your wife comes to her full potential. The same way Christ. Christ is making sure that the church comes to her full potential. Christ is making, even right now as he's seated in heaven, he is daily making intercession for the church. Making intercession for the church. Making intercession for the church. So as husbands, we are to make sure that our wives come to their full potential. And that can only happen when you create a, an atmosphere of security for them to find unquestionable love. Husbands, love your wife. The scripture says, husbands, love your wife. He said, Christ nourishes the church and never beats down the church. with Listen, child of God, please, let's be realistic with scriptures now. Have you ever found anywhere in the Bible where Christ was beating us down with his words? Everyone, look up, look at me. Everybody, look at me. Have you ever found anywhere in the scriptures in all the Pauline epistles 
and all of the pieces of the apostles and during and and the, and, the, and the four gospels that you know that chronicled the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ did you ever find anywhere where Christ was beating down the church with his words what will you find I will I have I have done this I have done that I have done that I have done Christ nourishes the church he nourishes the church everywhere you find you will say he said I became poor that you through my poverty can become rich you know he oh, everything you find in the in the gospels in the new covenant it's Christ making sure that the church is in dominion so as a husband I must make sure that my wife is in dominion I must make sure that my wife finds her full expression while she journeys here on the earth listen marriage is not sex marriage is agreeing to partner with God on another person's life <laughs> The day man understands this, you won't enter marriage anyhow. Is agreeing to partner with God, consigning another person's life according to Ephesians. He says, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does to the church. That's what Jesus does to the church. He gave us his blood to walk in dominion. You must give your wife your blood to walk in dominion. <laughs> he gave us his name. He said, in my name, cast out devils. Give Jesus praise this morning, please. So build your wife with words, not beat her down with words. Every word Christ has ever spoken over us as his bride are words of affirmation words of encouragement words of endorsement even when his bride messes up when you and i mess up you know how many times we mess up oh you think you're a righteous man by works no you are only righteous by the nature every time we mess up even the best of us the best of us we all have not attained perfection yet so we mess up including me that stands here i mess up but his mercy are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Give Jesus praise this morning. His mercy is I can come to him anytime. Even with my mess. He doesn't beat me up with my mess and say, but you are a pastor. You ought to know this. No, 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 no. I come with my mess. So I commit some schoolboy errors that if you see it, you will wonder. Even you as a pastor is doing this. In case you don't know. And yet, when I approach him, he does. When I approach him to receive mercy, he does not say, But you're a pastor. You've been pastoring for so many years. You ought to have outgrown this. But he still loves me, lovingly embraces me. I don't care your mess. Jesus still loves you. Give him praise this morning. So, one thing you should make your wife understand is. If she's a stay-at-home mom, if she's a teacher, if she's a nurse, if she's a doctor, if she's a business person, she's a scientist, she works in the private sector, works in the gov with the government. One thing she should know is that it is very important for you that she gets to the full potential of what God created her to be. She should know that. She should know that. That is important 
for you that she gets to the full potential of what God created her to be. What heals a woman is for her to know that you believe in her. Do you know what scars a woman? What scars women is when they are made to feel lesser. When you don't believe in them. When they have to fight for everything that they get. When they have to fight for everything. When they have to fight to get your affirmation. When they have to fight to get your encouragement. When they have to fight so that you can at least, at least manage to believe in them. That's what scars a woman. Husbands, it is your responsibility to your wife. Pray for her. Bless her. Build her up with words and words of affirmation. In other words, as a husband, we are not to boss around our wives. We are to agree with her that there is a special call of God on her life as a woman. Glory to God. Now listen to this very carefully, women. A man's number one need is respect. Women don't need what men need. I've come to discover that. Men need respect. Men become in an atmosphere of respect and praise. The same way a woman becomes in an atmosphere of, of security, a man becomes in an atmosphere of praise and respect. Listen very carefully. A good wife is a good cheerleader. The same way a good husband is a good greenhouse. A good husband is a good greenhouse. A good wife is a good cheerleader. A good wife is a good greenhouse, a good wife, a good husband, a good wife is a good cheerleader, a good husband is a good greenhouse. How many of you know cheerlead, cheerleaders? Those, I don't know, I think they have it with rugby or so, but you don't see it in soccer. You see, you know, where those women will be doing everything. Even when the people are losing, they are hammering them. They are still dancing, you know. You're just cheering them. Now, that is what you ought to be to your husband. Even when he looks like he's losing, you keep cheering him on. You keep, listen, you can do this. You can do this. Not when he is losing, you add to the losses. You beat him that say, your, your, other, your, your fellow men, look at what they are doing. And look at what you are doing. Never compare your husband with another man. Never. And never praise another man in the presence of your husband. You will get into trouble. He might keep quiet and not say anything, but you have gotten into trouble. No matter how Idris Alba looks. Listen, you're seeing Idris Alba, the one that they have poured oil on him and take him and edited all the pictures. If you meet the real Idris Alba, I don't think you want to be his wife. If you meet the, you, the one you are seeing is the edited with oil poured on him and he's trying to make sure muscle comes out. If you know how many months he has trained to make sure those things come out for that picture, you're comparing your husband. Uh, keep doing that. Please give Jesus praise. I don't want Idris Alba, I want my own husband. So, men thrive in an atmosphere of respect and praise. As a wife, listen to what the Apostle Peter tells you. I think it's First Peter or Second Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. It says, wives, likewise. First Peter or Second Peter. They missed the second offense. I removed it from my note or so. Okay, he said, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if 
some do not obey the word, they without a word may be warned by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Put the King James Version for me, if you can. I think it's first or second, but look, first, first Peter 3, verse 1 to 2. First Peter 3, verse 1 to 2. Now, that is to say, thank you, it says, they also may be without the word, be warned, that's what I'm looking for, be warned by the conversation of the wives. Be warned by the conversation of the wives. Go to verse 2. Verse 2 now puts it this way. Why they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. That is to say, a woman can change her husband without uttering a word. As he observes your respectful conduct, your chaste conduct. Now listen, respect is so powerful in the life of a man. To the point, he changes his behavior towards the person who gives it to him. That is where it's too dangerous. If you do not give him that respect and another woman gives it to him, he changes his conduct towards that woman. That's where you must be very careful. I know we live in a time where you know all kinds of things are being said and all kinds of things that women are picking up from social media. You know, you must be very careful because respect is that is how god has wired men the same way he has wired women to function in an atmosphere of security he has also wired men to function in an atmosphere of praise and respect now when you do not give him that respect anywhere he finds it his behavior towards that person who is giving it to him changes now wife listen to me very carefully you can win your husband over even when your respectful conduct when husbands and wives believe in each other, it creates an atmosphere of productivity and greatness. You want to be around people who believe in you. You want to be around people who focuses not just on themselves, who also focuses on you. When you have two people in marriage who both believe in each other, they will become best friends. They will become best friends. Now, the key is embracing each other's differences you become friends with your spouse by embracing their differences how many of you here wants to have a friend who criticizes them all the time i do not want such a friend who only criticizes who who has become you know an appointed and anointed critic in my life i don't want such a person Sometimes just allow it. Some things just allow it to go. You cannot be criticizing me all the time and you want my heart to go towards you. It cannot. Nobody wants to, in any relationship, you do not want friends who criticize you all the time. Understand that whoever you have married will always be completely opposite of you. You and your spouse need to be compatible understand what compatibility is because that is where we have missed it i hear people say you know we are no longer compatible and things like that now we must truly understand what is compatibility compatibility doesn't mean sameness compatibility and sameness are not the same 
to be compatible understand that compatibility and sameness are not the same compatibility is like-mindedness not uniformity Compatibility is like-mindedness, is not sameness, is not uniformity. Compatibility is harmony, not resemblance. Compatibility is based on character and values. Compatibility is when two people can coexist together without problem or conflict despite their differences. Do you and your spouse believe in the same thing? That is compatibility. Do you want the same basic things in life? Are you going the same direction? That is what makes you compatible. Listen very carefully. Your spouse will be completely different from you. Your spouse is not your twin. Even when you find identical twins, they are still different. They are different in character. They are different in approaches towards life. They are different in behaviors. They can look the same, but they are different. Then how much more you and your wife who were brought up two different backgrounds. Two, when I mean two complete different backgrounds. Some of you, the man came from a home where there was no father. The woman came from a home where there was only woman who took care of her. And two different backgrounds. And you want to look exactly alike. That is an error. It's not possible. That's not compatibility. You're looking for sameness. And that is what spouses, husbands and wives are looking for in marriage. We are looking for sameness and we call it compatibility. Compatibility is not sameness. And there are three, there are three types of differences in marriages. Let me run through it. Number one, faulty differences. Number two, permitted differences. Number three, honored differences. Faulty differences. Most times, the people get married... They completely reject their spouse's differences. They feel that they are not normal. How many of you who are married have ever felt that your wife is not normal? Or your husband? Oh, I've felt like that. That something is just not right here. <laughs> okay. But at the early age stages of our marriage, I'm praying she's sleeping and I'm wondering, do you understand that life is spiritual? Okay. And I'm wondering, do you really understand what life is? It's spiritual. Rise and pray. Pray. You must to pray. Now, we feel like that because we think that our spouses should automatically be like us. And because our spouses is not like us, that automatically means that your spouse is not normal. Oftentimes, what you see in marriage is couples not accepting each other's differences. Rather, they want to train their spouse to become like them. You cannot do that. Even when a professor lectures you at the university or a teacher teaches you, a teacher cannot train you to be like her or himself. Now, that is a challenge. We want to train our spouses to be like us. You want to train your husband. Listen, as you get into relationship and marriage, you do not train whoever you're getting involved with to be like you. Listen, you cannot do that. 
That is impossible. Can I tell you the honest truth? It is impossible. You cannot change the unchangeable. And the easiest way to frustrate yourself and lose valuable time is to try to change the unchangeable. We've spoken about the woman's needs, which are security, a secure atmosphere to become open and honest communication. That is a woman's need. Non-sexual affection. That is a woman's need. Leadership. That is, she wants her husband to lovingly take the lead. A woman's need. These four things. In my little years on the planet Earth, I've come to discover security, open and honest, please can you adjust this? Open and honest communication, non-sexual affection, leadership. And a man's needs, respect, which is an atmosphere of praise and respect for him to become, sex, friends with his wife, and a domestic support. Now, the husband and the wife are two halves of a home and often in marriage, people reject their differences because they think the other partner is weird because they want their partners to be like them. Now, understand, as a spouse, what you think is weird is actually normal. It is just not your own normal. It's not your own normal, but it's normal. The same way also your spouse is thinking you are weird and that is your normal. You also think they are weird, that is their normal. Number two, permitted differences where both parties are just tolerating each other. Well, women are like that. Have you heard men say that? Women are like that. You know, we can't, just, we can't live without them. I'll just tolerate her. Or men are like that, I'll just tolerate him. Number three, honored differences. This is where you esteem your spouse this is where you celebrate their presence in your life because they feel in your weakness. This is where you celebrate the awesomeness of the two of you together. You will never be friends with someone who puts you down. You will never be friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. Number three step to take in becoming friends with your spouse is be real and transparent and give your spouse equal right. John 15, 15. No longer, Jesus speaking, do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Friendship means being honest. Be a safe place of refuge for your spouse. Listen, if there's going to be honesty in a relationship, it means you are going to be a safe place of refuge for your spouse. A safe place of refuge. This is how you know who your best friend is. That is, the first person you call when something great or bad happens to you, that is your best friend. Do you know why you call them? Because they have created a safe place of refuge for you. When something bad happens, you call them immediately. Do you know what? You know they will be non-judgmental. They will not judge you. You know they will not condemn you. You know they will not scream at you. You know they will not, you know they will, they will encourage you and try to calm you down. So it becomes, you, you, listen, you can even be married and you discover that you as your spouse, your spouse does not call you first when anything happens. That is a problem. 
it shows you have not created a safe place of refuge for them to be able to call you. You have not created a safe place of refuge. That is, if something bad happens, they, they know that you will not treat them with grace. They know that you will condemn them. They know that you will not be merciful to them. They know that you will be unkind and judgmental. Now listen, if something great happens, they also don't call you because you will not celebrate with them. They will sense a sense of jealousy flowing from the inside of you. So something good happens, they don't call you. Something bad happens, you only hear it on the social media. You now phone, ah, what is going on? Ah, no, I forgot to tell. She didn't forget. <laughs> or he didn't forget. It's just that you're not a safe place of refuge. I always say to myself, I want to be my family's safe place of refuge. I want to be Cordelia's safe place of refuge. That is, if anything good or bad happens in her life, I want her to come to me first. I want her to come to me first. In, and for that to happen, I need to develop myself to the place where I will not be judgmental. I will be merciful. I will treat her with grace. I will, I will, I will, I will not add her. I will be graceful to her. Number four, be a fun person to be around and be creative. A man who has friends, the Bible says, Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Where I'm looking at this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Having fun in marriage dramatically changes the health of your marriage. And one of the danger signs in marriage is when you are not having fun. Come into each other's world. Don't lose your identity to others in marriage. This is what happens most times. People get married and they start having kids. Extended families start middling into the marriage. Then couples lose their identity of being friends. They start treat, men start treating their wives as the mother of their children. Listen, if you're a man here, don't call your wife by the name of your child, Mama Zoe. Why must I call my wife that? What kind of a thing is that? Give Jesus praise, please. Why must I call my wife that? Mama Zoe. Mama Danny. So you've you've she's lost her identity. And you will be treating her as the mother of your children, not as your wife. The same way, woman, don't call your husband Papa Zoe. Because she lose, you, you, he loses his identity as your husband and he has become the father of your children. Give Jesus praise, please. So we must be very careful. Find things that you enjoy doing together. If he is going to watch a soccer match and invite you to go with him, I know you don't like soccer. Just go with him. Stop making excuses. Just go with him. You can sit there and not focus on the match and focus on your phone. When he shouts, go, go. You just, just stay there with him. Because you do not go with him. He goes with his friends who come with their girlfriends and there's chaos. And he tells, but I I invited you, you refuse. Now what should I do? 
Amen? And if he doesn't invite you, invite yourself. Give Jesus praise. Invite yourself. Invite yourself to go with him. You're hanging out with the boys. Let's hang out together. Amen. You know, there's a sister in this place. I didn't get her permission, so I, can, I will not use her name. You know, you know, I, she, her husband is into cycling. So most times he gets out of the city, out of the province to go cycle for competitions. You know, she's so much into the cycling the husband is in. I don't even think she rides a bicycle. I don't know if she knows how to ride a bicycle. But she's so much into it. She, that is what I'm doing. She's so much into it. She will even tell you all the races he has won. He celebrates. She celebrates with him. You know, they go to Cape Town for cycling events. She goes with him. With all her tight schedule, she still finds a way to shift some things and go with him. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Finding a way to have fun together. She might not know a thing about cycling, but she has had to learn about cycle, had to learn about bicycle. One time I saw on the husband's post, he puts a bicycle on his bed. And I'm saying, you know, that is, I actually think that he sees the wife as bicycle. But that's how much she is in, that's what I'm talking about. Learning to get in each other's world. Get in each other's world. Don't isolate yourself. Don't fight him. But you know, she could have been fighting. Every time you're cycling, every time, every time, every you better choose. Choose me or the bicycle. Then he chooses the bicycle. You've given him option. He chooses the bicycle and you're angry. So you chose the bicycle. But you asked me to choose, and I've made a choice. So instead, she gets into his world. They are together. They go for the races together. They do everything. She's come. She, you know, you know. They, they, I remember the man. The time that he had an accident, the wife was the first person he called. Now we must get in each other's world. Get in your husband's world. Get in your wife's world. Listen, stop trying to make a date. A woman, listen to me now. Stop trying to make a date with your husband. Something you take the whole year to plan for. That is why you never go for the date. For a man, listen to me very well. For a man, a date can just be hopping into the car and just drive with him to the shop. That is a date. You are still waiting to wear dinner gown. He doesn't have time for dinner gown. Just hop into the car with him. Because he sees a date as your presence. He sees a date as him being in your presence. So you're angry. You want a dinner gown to, for, to go and drink coffee. And he's wondering, dinner gown for coffee? Just get in. Let's, let's just enjoy each other's presence. And that's where most women miss it. So they are planning dates. Two years, it never happens. And she said, but we never go on a date. But the man is feeling, but I'm with you all the time. That is date. So for him, it doesn't make a difference. You go to a signature restaurant or you go to pick and pay to buy a loaf of bread. As long as she, he is in your presence, that's what he considers as date. If we do not understand some of these things, 
get into trouble. Finally, the last one, I, re I release you to go. Number five, become bedding bearers for each other. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Apostle Paul speaking says in Galatians 6 verse 2, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Friends are burden bearers. Friends serve each other. Husband and wife must serve each other from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. Husbands, do the things you're good at in helping to serve her. Wife, do the things you're good at in helping to serve him. Bear each other's burdens all, the, all day long. In our home, I'm good at cooking. I love to cook. I enjoy cooking. I actually would say, if I'm not a pastor, I would have been a chef. I just enjoy cooking. I enjoy cooking a lot. Now, she doesn't enjoy cooking. She, she struggles with cooking. Now, I don't burden her with that. I do what, there are other things she does in the house that I just don't want to look at them. But she takes care of them. So, you do what you're good at and she does what she's good at and the, the home is running smoothly. Let's give Jesus praise, please. And don't wait until you are asked to help before you offer to help. That is a danger. You wait for you until you are asked to help. Your job as a husband is to do what you are best at doing. Your wife does what she's best at doing. Both of you serve each other. Don't watch your spouse suffer and do everything and you're not helping out. Friends help each other out. Friends help each other out. Help out your wife. Help out your husband. Help out your wife. Help out your husband. Help out your wife. You see this culture of, you know, as a man you think that, well, you know, all of these things are what he must, she must do. Why did I marry you? No, 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 no. We actually live in a time where you know, men are also highly domestic. Is that? Uh, they do things in the house. The top chefs on the planet Earth are men. Alan Ducasi is a man. He's not a woman. So the notion that women are born to cook, I don't know where we got that from. Because the top chefs on the planet Earth are all men. The top chefs. Are we talking about your Jamie Oliver? Are we talking about your God of Ramsey? Are we talking about, you know, what the, you, you, they're all men. So this African mentality that a woman's place is in the kitchen, it has to stop. Listen, you will go hungry. Oh. <laughs> you will not die of hunger. <laughs> all the iron chefs I know, I think about only one or two women. All the iron chefs I know, they're all women. All the iron chefs I know are all, we, are all men, rather, sorry. So we need to be careful. We really must be careful. So we must serve each other's needs to be able to enable each other to become all that God wants us to be. And all the singles listening to me, now that you're dating, develop the right skill of being a friend. And if you're not dating yet, begin to develop the right skill. When the right person comes, you want to be a friend. God wants you to succeed in marriage. And if your marriage is going through a challenge right now, listen, God will heal that marriage in the name of Jesus. And you that is believing God for a man, for a woman, can I tell you this? Your belief is not in vain. 
God will send you a good man. God will send you a good man. When I mean a good man, a good man, I'm not talking about someone who look like you. No, no, no. Someone that together, both of you will serve purpose and bring out the best in each other. In Jesus' name and the saints of God say amen. Give Jesus praise and let's rise on our feet and go home. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngogocha. Till next time, God bless.